Coleman, I'm not here alone. No, I'm with one of the bloggers from the Nationals Buzz, Mr. Charles Flegel. I thought, I was wondering if maybe you were going to name somebody else. Wait, oh, I'm sorry, you go by Charlie Flegel on the Nationals Buzz. I already got it wrong. I thought maybe there was a surprise guest that you weren't telling me about. Oh, you mean uh, the guy who, when I typed in Charlie, I got his article? Because he wrote about Charlie Hustle. Yes. <laughs> we're back, though. It's been uh, qu- quite a couple well, of weeks, the we were gonna, went through my house. You First, you got sick. We always have an excuse oh. as to why we didn't do it, but our buddy, S.A., uh, oh. I hope you feel better, S.A., he, uh, he was crossed over by his two-year-old, or his one-year-old son, yes. and broke his ankle. Broke it. Uh, shattered. Yeah, and he... Six uh, screws. Six screws. Yes. And so you've been over there helping him set up, so... Yes. Understandable you haven't been around in the evenings. Um, SA, feel better. Yes. Uh, so much has gone on, though, so luckily we are here to recap it all. Um, we are. Do you um, do you have a beverage? I do. Inside? You're going to be kind of disappointed in me when it's not your father's root beer. Oh, even in the summer, root beer uh, in the summer. But you know I what? Thought- I'm kind of like getting to that point now where I'm like, I wanted to have a beer tonight, and I just didn't have it, and it kind of like, I don't Thanks. know. Now you're regretting. I'm regretting it. I'm really So this is like my wife buys cider all the time. And she had a bottle of cider like, I don't know, last weekend. It was just like, I think I'm sick of cider now. It's like, all right, so we don't have to buy it anymore. I'm not, as much as I like um, beer, I I don't hate cider. It's just not my drink of choice. Like I wouldn't go. Right. Well, the problem I have with cider, which is weird, you would think that because of all the sugary drinks I drink but that it like leaves my stomach feeling weird after two too sweet for your stomach yeah they're opening up a cidery in um in dc that i want to go to really it's called ancho a-n-x-o it's a tapas and cidery like they're brewing the cider there and it's supposed to open in the next couple weeks and i've been uh tweeting to the the guy who's one of the head brewers there Uh uh-huh and so I want to go check Are they it out. Nationals fans? Yes, he's a Nationals fan. He followed me because he's a Nats fan. Awesome. And then I started talking to him, and now I talk to him. So so you are drinking cider? Is that what you <laughs> No, I am not drinking cider. I will be drinking cider because my wife's sick of it, and eventually I'll run out of beer, and I will drink her cider. Um, but not tonight, probably this weekend. Yeah. Um, I am drinking Flying Dog Bloodline. Oh, can't so, go wrong. I like the bloodline. It's the blood orange. Uh, it's like a, I don't know if it's an IP. I don't think it's an IPA. It's no. a blood orange. Like that's definitely a summer out. beer, hands down. The summer beer. Yeah, it's it's good. It's it's you know it's a little hoppy, but not crazy. And it I don't know. I'm I'm liking the new phenomenon of like citrusy IPAs. Yeah, it's popular. Um, I haven't gotten. You know what? It's just like. I go to the beer store now, and it's so weird. If you go back, let's see, how long have we been doing this? this? Is our third season? 
I believe so. Okay, if you go back to season one, I feel, and maybe it's just me that I think that it's like there were less choices of craft beers at regular beer stores than there is now. Now I go to beer stores and I'm like overwhelmed. So I was listening to like NPR the other day, Colm, and I I didn't know you were going to say this. It's going to take me a minute to come up with exactly what they were saying. But they were basically saying that we think that choice is a great thing. Right. But in fact, too much choice is debilitating. Agreed. And that I think his point was when you have so much choice as a consumer that it's debilitating or that it's too much, you end up being disappointed because – you expect perfection because you agree. You have so much choice that you expect that you will pick the thing that is perfectly tailored for Colm. Exactly. And when, and when you're just good and you're not perfect, you're like disappointed. So, so disappointed, right? If it isn't to the what I feel I should be purchasing, yeah, that is a hundred percent correct. So what you need is less choice at the beer store. You I need agree. some choice, and and that was his point. Choice is good. Too much choice is bad. Yeah. I liked when I used to go to the beer store and, like, I would see, like, maybe a Sierra Nevada. Maybe they got, like, a dogfish head that I haven't heard of. But now it's, like... There's just too much. Everything. Like, yeah. Like, the the domestic beer... I can't even say domestic. The, like, generic beers are the smallest amount in the beer stores now. Right. I, I just don't even get it. It was kind of nice when you were walking by, like, the six coolers of Buds and... and yeah. The, to the one cooler of good beers, and then you only had to pick through one cooler. Exactly. Now that it's now that it's six coolers of one beer, it's a little intimidating. I can't. I just can't do it. It has overwhelmed you. It has overwhelmed me. But I, I have to say that when I go to the beer store, I often go with some old standbys just because I look at all these ones and I'm like, I don't have the time or the brain power to pick yeah. out something new and interesting. So I'm just going with something old and interesting. So speaking of o- overwhelmed. Uh, I am very overwhelmed with a new item we have in the gear store. Oh, you like the T-shirt? Yes. Uh, if everyone would go to the nationalsreview.com slash gear or go to nationalsreview.com and click on gear, we have a new shirt finally in the store, which we've been uh, – wait, why did I not see it on the – Well, that's because, Colm, <laughs> I have to put it on the actual page now if you – and I'll do that tonight. So All right. The, so it's there. By, by the time everybody goes, it will be there. Um, but if you just click on the, if you click on any of the banners, it'll, if you click on the t-shirt banner, it will take you to the society six page society six posts my t-shirts. So if you clicked on any of these, I'm sure it will take you. Yes, it does. Okay. So when you go to the society six site under t-shirts, the first one on the top left is uncle Ray's custom tater shop. Now, do you want to give some backstory on this? So they, so the backstory, of course, Uncle Ray refers to Ray Knight because people call him Uncle Ray because right. he's like the crazy old uncle who lives and dies by the team. He cries. He smiles. Depend. You can basically tell what the Nats did without – if you mute the TV and just turn on the postgame show, you can just look at Ray's face and right. see what the Nats did. And right? Well, also, he looks like a monster next to Johnny Holiday as well, too. That's true. He is like six <laughs> feet taller than Johnny Holiday. But uh, there was there was something that caught a little fire on Twitter. Oh. He he hit a ball, or he was watching a home run being hit by I don't remember who. Right. And it was off of a slider, and he said, you can't hang a slider like that. We'll hit it out. He goes, you hang them, we bang them. <laughs> and people on Twitter found that quite amusing, oh, as did I. So um, I, I turned that into a T-shirt. Who doesn't live organic quotes? I mean, come on. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, go check that out. It's the newest shirt this year. Uh, so next time you're in the park, you will not have to decide what to wear. You will That's right. Wearing. I ordered mine. There you go. I'll be wearing one to the park. I like the co- the color you picked to show it, by the way. I think that really yeah, looks I think nice. That, that, but, I mean, you can pick any color right, that's, any color, that's but... on there. Um, you could go with pomegranate if you want, hmm. which is a, a pinkish Actually, I like. There's a few that I like. There's a grass green. Um, there's a oh, the grass green is very nice. Yeah. There's a, a light blue. So anyway, I, I think for myself, I picked the 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 gray, the athletic gray. Yeah, I think the athletic gray is the best. So let's get let's get on to the team. Uh, last time we spoke, we were sort of I guess I, from the tone of it, we were satisfied with the Nets, but not like beaming. I do you guess. feel any? Do you feel any differently now? I mean. It's now a third of the way through the season. It's a th- we're a third of the way through the season. I mean, I'm happy. It's almost like I'm not, like, going crazy because, like, I haven't seen the team at one point where every player is on at one point. It's almost like they decide different weeks who's going to be the players that are hot and who's right. going to be cold. Yeah. So yeah. that's my only – now, I think we when we came back, Ben Revere had just come back. Was that – Probably. Yeah, and and he was bad, and then he got good for got a few good. weeks, and then he's been bad again. Right, and the whole everything I keep hearing about him is: listen, this guy's a career almost three hundred hitter. He's going to put together some hits. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think at this point he had a hot streak. It's hard to tell if he's just in a cold streak now. Um, yeah, yeah, not that they have any. Um, need to give him time, but I think if you if you give him the rest of the season from from you know this point on, he'll put up you know essentially his normal numbers, whether it's 280 or or 320 or whatever it is. That will probably happen because mm-hmm. um, there's two thirds of the season left. So pick a day tomorrow, next week, the week before this. If you pick that date and push it out to the end of the season, he'll probably hit somewhere around 300. But the numbers might not look good by the end of the season because he basically slumped throughout, you know, uh, May. Right. right. Yeah. Now, the Nats don't have any reason why they have to do that if they want to go out and get Ryan Braun and put Bryce Harper in center field and say, thanks, Ben Revere, it didn't work out. They they can do that. There's no, you know, there's not going to be an uproar if they do that necessarily. I'm not saying that's what they should do. But right, right. my point is that um, while I still think he will hit about the same. I never thought he was that great of a hitter, so you know, maybe that... Right, but he was filling that need that we had talked about, about wanting to have a, a, a legitimate leadoff hitter, which... He's close to he's when he's... close, good, yeah. But he's good, he's close to. Now, yeah. another thing that changed since we last talked is they did something that you and I have, I guess we've almost exhausted it, is Jason Worth has finally moved up in the order. Yeah, I mean... He's he's hitting better. He's still not his his uh, on base percentage leaves a little bit to be desired, right. but he has started hitting better in general, um, and his his power seems to be there now. He may be totally at the point where he's just guessing pitches, and when he gets it right, he's good enough to hit it. I'm not sure. Right. I, I frankly would have thought that even though he's not doing great, that his um, his on base would have been a little bit better exactly. be- right. because I would have thought, you know, the guy, the guy, what is his career on base? Uh, career. It's like three fifteen, three twenty. Oh, no, there. it's, it's more than that. He's, oh, you really? know, 
probably, I mean, he had a few lean years at the beginning, but I'm guessing, well, let's look, I'm guessing it's well over 350. His career on base is 362. Oh, if we had, if he could get to that, I would be so happy right now. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's been hitting poorly for a while, but he has shown power that True. he that he's I got, thought, you know, could have been gone. So does he, have? he has nine home runs, which for some reason our team just doesn't hit home runs. I don't get it. We were so many home runs at the beginning of the season, and now we don't hit them. Yeah. It's, well, they had, the, they had the game the other day where they hit five. So. That is true. Um, yeah, I mean, with Worth, it's like, he is he a 230 hitter now? I'm okay if he's an old guy who's a 230 hitter, but I expect him to have a, over 300 on base just because of his approach. So mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of at a loss for why his on base drops so much. Like, he, he's not the hitter that he used to be, but Jason Worth, if he's really Jason Worth, as a 230 hitter should have an on base over 300 just because he takes so many darn pitches. So many. Um, so I don't know. I get, I'd be curious to see if he's taking fewer, if he's getting fewer pitches per at bat. Now, if they're just throwing him strikes more, I don't know, which if he, if he's, he's experienced enough that if they're throwing him more strikes, um, he should be able to capitalize on that and get hits. I don't think his eyes have degenerated to the point where he can't distinguish between a ball and a strike anymore like he did so i mean he was a 390 on base guy for like the three years prior to last year so i don't know maybe maybe he needs uh, you know you're two months you're a third of the way through the season how much more time does he get right exactly all right but let's go now to two guys who are finally hitting and they Uh, are would you be talking about anthony rendo and ryan zimmerman i don't know what it is but rendon is on fire, in my opinion. Well, the thing about Rendon that's so fun to watch is he's just got, like, a smooth and pretty swing. So when so he's good. hitting, it's awesome. I What's up with pro- the strikeouts, though, this year with him? Is that a th- his thing? Yeah, he struck out a lot this year. I mean, the year that he was really good, two years ago, uh-huh. he had 100 strikeouts, oh, which okay. is right. not crazy, but it's no. not low. This year he's he's on pace for closer to like 150, but some of that is on the back of just a really bad first month. If you go if you go from like basically the very end of April to today, his numbers look a lot better. He's only got he's hitting like 270, but his on base is up to like 380. Oh, yeah, his on base is really great right now. Um, but his now he's changed. He was in that two spot and he's moved down. Do you think moving him in that lineup has changed it? It's possible. I'm just not sure. You know, that that's where you get into, like, the psychology of the players. It's right. like, I mean, I would hope Dusty knows that, but I certainly don't know it. I, I could see that moving around in the lineup could do something different to a guy, maybe. I, I'm not sure that they see that many different pitches. Even if you're batting in front of, like, Harper. Right. They might, the pitcher might be nervous to pitch to you or might be more likely to throw you a strike on a... On a, might be more afraid to walk you. So that's possible. But for the most part, I think unless you're in the eighth spot where you definitely get walked a little bit more, I don't know how much of a difference it is. So most of it's okay. going to be psychological, right? Okay. And sure, maybe maybe batting in the two hole was a bad position for him psychologically and he wanted to bat in five spot. I, I don't know. But 
Whatever they're doing now, it's working. Whatever they're doing now is working. He's hitting. Right. And Zimmerman's been amazing. Yeah, so good. I mean, but, but isn't that common? I mean, I felt like I never was really worried about him because he always seems to put it together. Like, Right. Well, I wrote about it um, at the very beginning of May. Okay. I, for the weekly article, I said, you can't bury him yet because every year he sucks in April and he's awesome in May. Yeah. So and I, true. I looked at the numbers and it was true. And literally since the first game in May, do you know what he's hitting? No. What? He's hitting 270 with a 320 on base and a 550 slugging. Oh. So he's got an OPS of 869. In other words, is it like the greatest Ryan Zimmerman you've ever seen? No. Oh, but it also brought his OPS up like 250 points. Right. And if he keeps those numbers up, you're really happy with that, especially that power. If he slugs 550 and hits 270, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. And uh, Harper, you know, Harper's struggling, but he's not. Do you not... really call it struggling, though? I don't. Right. I mean, he's not He's not awful. It's he's not. Getting, he's getting on base. He's right. still got some pop. It just His batting average is down. And I think that's just something that will get corrected over the course of the year. Agreed. But what about the man who hits after Bryce Harper? Uh, <laughs> Daniel Murphy? You mean, I, in my opinion, I think he's the MVP of the Nats a quarter of the way. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think there's any doubt about I that. I mean, like we said, you, you always tell me that it, we're in that um, dimension where Daniel Murphy decided to be the greatest hitter ever. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. Maybe he is the greatest hitter of all time. And I mean, just, the man... 384, leading the team in RBIs. I mean, he's only two, three away from Bryson home runs. I mean, I have nothing to – and his second base play, yes, it's not the best, best, but he's been great in my opinion there. Yeah, oh, I agree. And I, I don't know. I look at him and I'm like, he – all I want the Nats to do is win everything this year, right? And I want them to make the playoffs, and I want them to finish in first. But, like, wouldn't it be so exciting to enter September with the possibility of a guy on the team you're rooting for hitting 400? Oh, I, can't, I can't even imagine. I mean, that's my dream of always having Ichiro on my team. <laughs> I just it's, – it's a pleasure to see him play every time yeah, I he's, game. Yeah, he's fun to watch hit. He doesn't go many games without getting a single hit. So, like – he gets up to bat, and you're like, oh, I'm going to see a hit. And his yep. approach is so consistent, so and it's consistent. so perfect. You know what uh, else I noticed he does? Like, he is so good at placing the ball where he wants. Like, yeah. I see so many times where he does this type of swing where he's like, you know what? I'm going to drop it right in that left field, right over that shortstop's head. And he does it. And yet it feels like the same swing every time. Right. It's just there's something about it. All right. Moving down the lineup, why don't you talk about a catcher that we have? Well, Ramos, I will have something up by the time we're done talking. I'm going to talk. This is not a spoiler because it will be up by the time the podcast. Well, maybe not. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to write about Ramos, and he's just. I don't want to yeah, talk yeah. Too much about it tonight. But so he's read the article. Kind of, spoiler. I mean, read the article on Ramos, but he's been amazing, and it's better. Uh, it's it's not just luck. It's he's a better hitter than he was three or four years ago when he was really good. I mean, the last two years he's been awful. He's almost, a, I believe, a, almost a four hundred on base, right? He's close. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, and what's his OPS? It's got to be almost a thousand. Uh, yeah, nine sixty. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, he's he's fun to watch because he's got a lot of power. 
I'm just this is we have talked I can I can almost remember every year we talked about like when he's going to put it together and he has finally put it together. Well, cuz he was so good when he first got the sort of full-time role. Mhm. That was his best year and then the next year he was hitting crazy and then he got hurt and then the next year he was winning he was hitting again and he had about half a season worth of plate appearances. And so he was like great then he was hurt, then he was kind of hurt, and then he disappeared. He just wasn't good. And, I mean, some of it's LASIK, but I don't think that's all it. Right. You can't really go 100% with that. So it's fun to watch him. I assume it will – he probably won't hit quite like that all year, but it's it's it seems like it's him, even it if does. the batting is a little high. So. It does. Um, okay, before we go to pitching and bullpen and all that, let's continue on with two no- two offensive notes. Over the weekend, which I love this move, is that finally, congratulations, by the way, to the Zimmerman family, who I believe he had a boy, didn't he? I don't know. I know he had a baby. He was a human baby. I think he had a boy, but I'm not 100% on that. So he goes down. They call up Mr. Trey Turner, and I don't even, I didn't even care that he if he got in or whatever he did, but... Every time I saw him on the bench, he was having conversations with Scherzer. He was having conversations with Lobatone at one point I saw. Like, he was making the most advantage of picking the ears of those players, and it made me so happy. Yeah, that's great to see. You want to see him do that, right? You want to see him take those three days up, regardless of your feelings about him going up or down. Like, you want to see him learning when he's up there. So, that was good. I'm not... not, um, outraged by the fact that they brought him up and you're you're a little bit ahead of me because i just saw oh my did you see that yeah i just saw uh, an amazing catch by michael taylor amazing. that'll be on tv all day tomorrow um wow. so you know i'm not I, I would have loved to see him up i wrote an article last right. two, two weeks ago about how he should probably replace espinoza in the meantime espinoza went on like a ridiculous tail yeah. where he basically hit like 200 Three home runs, maybe I think. Well, he he. There was a a week went by where he had four hits, and three of them were home runs, and then it <laughs> and then it turned into like six hits, and four of them were home runs, and you know he was basically hitting like two hundred, two fifty, seven hundred. Wow! Like you know two two hundred, two fifty on base, seven hundred slugging. It was just like a ridiculously weird batting line. I I still think you know. That's not him. It's nice to see the fact that he can. He's a guy that if you play him all year, he will probably hit 20 home runs. Agreed. Agreed. But over the course of a season, 20 home runs and a 250 or a 270 on base probably isn't going to do it. No, no. And so, yeah, while he's while he's in a hot streak, I'm okay with letting him play. Yeah. And again, and I said this before, if they don't think Turner's ready defensively. I'm okay with keeping Turner down while they work on it. I agree with that too, especially but, uh, when we're in first place. Like, yeah, that, well, that's the other thing is there is a chemistry aspect, and nobody can know the chemistry of the team. Even Dusty can't really know it. Right. I, I have a hard time believing that the guy who never started, except for when people were injured, for the last five years, if you if you make him the bench, the utility infielder, it's going to destroy the chemistry of the team. Right. This is not taking Ryan Zimmerman and being like, you're going to have to sit down, son, or Jason Worth. Right. 
it's it's Danny Espinoza. I love the guy. He's like my favorite player, right, but right. but it's not it's not the team leader that you're talking about sitting. So I'm not sure that I buy the chemistry. The other the other thing is you're not getting rid of him. You're talking about bringing up Turner to start at short and having Danny be the utility, utility infield guy. Right. So he'd still play. But look, all that being said, if you think Turner can't play defense, and there's plenty of scouts who think he's a better defender than Espinoza. Which I cannot even believe at this point. Well, you know, career. like I've been watching Espinoza play, and Espinoza is a solid glove with a ridiculous arm. Agreed. He's not a spectacular shortstop. He's a good no, shortstop. No, he's a good shortstop. He's yeah. an above-average shortstop. He's not Dan, He's not Ian Desmond. He's better than Ian Desmond, and his arm makes him better than that. Right. But I would not be surprised if Turner had better range. Oh, agreed. But, I, I don't, you know, Danny And is, Turner's uh, ceiling is much higher. Well, yeah, offensively, yeah. Turner's the better... I wouldn't be surprised if you put them both in the lineup. Turner's the better hitter right now. That's why people really, want yeah. I mean, I think Danny Espinosa against is, major league pitching that he is not seeing on a consistent basis. Yes, I think so. Wow, I, because Danny Espinosa has power, but he's a two twenty ish hitter and a sub two ninety two. Like two ninety is not its replacement level. It's not enough. Right, you can't have that as your on base for a starting player now he's still such he's been so good defensively this year statistically with his defense that his he's like middle of the pack in shortstop war really but but offensively he's low wait so he's Um, not towards the top of of war no not not for shortstop he's sort of in the middle he's towards the top of all the defensive metrics unfortunately when you talk to people like keith law they'll tell you defensive metrics when we look at offensive things, we we go, oh, three weeks. It's nice to look at three weeks, but that's a small sample size. Mm-hmm. Well, off, offensive metrics, you start getting into bigger size samples when you're at two or three months. Defensive, right. it's like two years. They, they just a year of defensive metrics is really not enough. Not enough. Uh, yeah. Okay. To really determine. to be considered a, a regular, a good enough sample, right? And so. I think Danny Espinosa is a good shortstop. I think he's above average. That's what my eye tells me. The numbers right now are very good, but they will probably, probably not stay that good, even if he was a shortstop for the next few years. So the question is really, do you think Trey Turner would be an equal or almost as good shortstop? And there, there's arguments to say yes, and there's arguments to say no, and I don't, I don't need to make that argument here. But that's a great. Like, how could you make the argument? I feel like, how can we even know that yet? Without... Well, we can't know that. I would hope the Nationals have people on their staff who do. Right. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, I agree with um, that. <laughs> um, but offensively, I think the case can. Re- I think if you had to bet your life on it, you would bet that Turner's the better hitter right now. Okay, I, w- I would go with that. Yes. So it's really about whether you think it's worth sacrificing the defense, which you may not even. The article, I, the article I wrote was basically like scouts believe that you wouldn't even really have a big defensive sacrifice, and therefore you should go with with Turner. Right. But the other side of the coin is, no, he's not as good. It will take some time. He might not be a shortstop, or, you know, a good shortstop yet. And then you can really make the case that Espinosa could stay. So I'm not, I'm not religious about it either way. I right. personally would put in Turner. 
Right. But well, see, now that bleeds me to, or bleeds me. That leads me to our next. The next thing is that we made a signing of that utility player. That could yeah. that mean that Trey Turner eventually will come up, and then they will either trade Espinoza. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the the amount of interesting. Like, yeah, it, it's cool that they signed Lombardozzi. I don't know. There were people that were flipping out about it yesterday when they well, did. Well, he was a fan favorite. Come on. Yeah, he was a fan favorite and a fan, and a lot of fans hate him, hate too. Hate him, too, right. But I made the point on Twitter that he had like a 650 to 7, somewhere like a 680-ish uh, OPS as a second baseman, right. only as a second baseman. Uh-huh. And that... In terms of a backup slash emergency second baseman, mm-hmm. is pretty okay in this league. It's not good. It's not a starting second baseman. Right. Agreed. But it's not horrible. The problem he runs into is, first of all, they played him in left field a lot, a and those lot. are those are not numbers even for a fifth outfielder. Right. They're just not. They're numbers for a backup middle infielder. Second issue he has is he does not play shortstop. Oh, he doesn't at all. I mean, he's played like once or twice. He's not a shortstop. And so, uh, so as he's, he's really just a second base. Or- right. And so they were using him at left field. They used him at third base and first base. And he doesn't have the bat to carry him anywhere but the middle infield. Interesting. And I then, thought he was a second shortstop guy. No. Uh, and then the third problem is, as you and I have discussed on this show before years ago when they were playing guys like him, um, there's no such thing really in Major League Baseball anymore because of how many pitchers they carry and how few um, position no, players they carry. Right. There's no such thing as a backup second baseman in the Major no, League. No, never. It just isn't. You, you have, have to, to play. To, right. You have to be able to play shortstop. So and then so, what is it then? Is this – I don't get it then. I would think, I would hope he's there to help fill out the minor league roster, uh-huh. and he's there as an emergency second baseman gotcha. that they can use if they need somebody for a day or a week in the majors. Gotcha. Or an emergency utility guy because they look at him and they go, look, he's better than calling up, you know. You're going to love the TV right now. He's better than calling up Wilmer Defoe. Uh Calm you. You spoiled the homer. I cannot. Dude, we just talked about Anthony Rendon, and uh, sorry we're spoiling this for everyone listening today. When this game's <laughs> Everybody over. who's listening to the podcast. But this man is but on fire. The game he is on. And the Ramos hit before that was unbelievable, too. So, wow. You know what's nice is the difference, <sighs> the difference between this team this year and last year is Harper is, in essence, slumping now. Yep. And there are other guys that can actually hit. Yep. Okay. And maybe it's not enough. Maybe you need everybody. And, and in order to win playoff games, you really need everybody. But it's nice that they're not an automatic two runs or less when Harper doesn't hit. Right. Which is I kind of like I felt like they were last year. But when you say, like, do we need everyone? But let's, I mean, and this is moving to the other part of our team, is that, let's be honest, the reason we're doing so well this year is our pitching staff. This has to be the best pitching staff ever on our team. Like it's, the way it's, it, yeah, and it, it's interesting because I wanted to get your take on this. Do you know that the Nats have the best bullpen ERA in, in the uh, National League? I'm not surprised 100 at all. I was kind of surprised because you were? who would you think would be have a better? I, I don't know. I just I, there's so much angst surrounding this bullpen. Both in the off season there was angst. I mean, think about it. They redid the bullpen this year. Yeah, it's completely Kelly's redone. new. Uh, Sean Kelly, by the way, is amazing. 
Petit is new. I always want to call him Pettit, yeah, but he's not Petit. Andy Pettit. He's Usmero Petit. Yes. It would be amazing. Oliver Perez. Guys. Oliver Perez is new. Um, Lopez is not new. No. Papelbon is technically not new. Rivero, not new. Or, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, I said Lopez. Belize, new. Or Bella. Belial. Belial. But he, is he even on the squad right now? So he is not yet returned from the DL. They're okay. talking about bringing him back. The question is, who would you replace? Exactly. No one. I mean, Sammy Solis. Sammy Solis played, pitched great. Was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he pitched great. Sammy Solis has a one five nine ERA. Oh. I mean, he's pitched less than 20 innings, but the worst ERA on the team is Felipe Rivero at 5.19. I know. Isn't that crazy? Felipe yeah, but... Rivero has been the best pitcher on their team, and he has the worst ERA. It's the crazy. best reliever. And so he's given up a couple of bombs. At, in a, at, well, when you throw that hard, I mean. I guess. I mean, the fact is. It's it's weird because you look and you go, Papelbon, he's been okay. Trinan, he screwed up a lot. Perez, uh, fine. Sean Kelly, amazing. Sean Kelly was great, and then he gave up a you know a couple dingers the other day. Yeah. But it's actually Rivero has a five one nine ERA, and if you're like, who do they trust? Who do they trust the most to put in? Who is Dusty's like fireman? I don't know. It changes. It's Rivero. It's usually Rivero. Rivero is the guy that if it's the seventh or the eighth and there's trouble, they put it in Rivero. And he's isn't isn't teams batting against him like average like two hundred against them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has he's given up a lot of runs. He also has thrown twenty six innings and he has thirty four strikeouts. Wow. And so, I think you know ERAs for for relievers can be deceptive sometimes. Right. So deceptive. Yeah. But. I mean, the bullpen has been really strong, but do you feel super confident that this is going to be a good bullpen all year? No, I think there's going to have to be a trade at All-Star break. Yeah, I think that's probably where they go. Now, we talked about it earlier in the show. They could go after, like, a Ryan Braun. Wow. Will we not have to play that salary either? That would all be paid by the Brewers? You know, that's I, I I don't know. What is he owed? A lot of money. Does he still have a few years? I, I mean, I know, two or I know three left. I know it's they're going to be shopping him around. They say, but yeah, um, I mean, they're wasting him on that team right now. Yeah, he's so good. He's, he's leading so the good. league, and I think he might be leading the league in, in wins above replacement. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, there's definitely. He, I would I would be okay with that, but we need to get like I already saw we were interested in Chapman already, like. Mm, I don't Chapman. know about that. Like, I would not be okay with that. Yeah, so he is owed – oh, wow, he's owed a lot of money. A lot of money, dude. He yeah, he's a monster contract. He's owed 2020, 20, 2019, 17, and 15. So oh. he's owed over $100 million, so, so we wouldn't have to pay that then? Or I would assume whoever takes him will have to pay a good, uh, most of I that. I don't know if I want that then. Yeah, I'm not sure that they'll do that. <laughs> Especially uh, now that I see that, I don't think they'll do that because they already have these big contracts coming. Yeah, that's – I mean, he's great right now, and you can make the case that that contract he's worth – he's certainly worth it oh, yeah. this, this year. Yeah. And you can make the case that whoever gets him won't hate the contract, but I don't think the Nats are the one that want to pay that. No, no way. Um, yeah, I could, I could see them getting another outfielder. But, yeah, I think the place that they're going to want to try and deal with things is probably beefing up the bullpen. 
Yeah, because what Papelbon has had twenty three appearances already. He's had Papelbon has not been great. He's, he's not been, been great. Good. No, but he also only has like I don't know two blown saves. He has like fifteen saves and two blown saves, basically something like that. Right. So while he hasn't been great, and every every time he's out there, you're just holding your breath, waiting yep. for disaster. I mean, the other day he loaded the bases and gave up. He he came in with a two run lead. Loaded the bases, gave up a run, had a bases loaded with no outs, and he got out of it. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't have to go to extras. They didn't lose. But it was just like that seems to happen more than it should. Right. And plus, um, later on in the season, especially during playoff times, I don't want to feel like that. I want a guy to come in where I'm going to be like, oh, we got him and it's over. I don't even like watching him pitch. No. Well, like, I mean, when, he's when not he's a fan favorite. Well, no, I just, like, I get, it's too nerve-wracking. I'm just like, bad stuff is going to happen. He's probably going to get out of it, but just tell me when it's over. Right. It's like when Chad Cordero used to pitch. Um, But, oh, someone I do want to talk about is, and I want to hear your take on this, is this Steven Strasburg's best year as a pitcher? Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. I mean, if, if you count what he did at the second half of last year. Yeah. It's similar, but he was so bad in the first half that, you know, <laughs> the overall last year wasn't great. But, yeah, I mean, he's as good as he's been, I want to say, ever. Ever, I think, too. Um, do you think he could get to 20 wins? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. He's, isn't he 9-0? and 9-0. and Yeah, he's a 9-0. and It's a third of the way through the season, right? I mean, if you do the math, he could, he's on pace for 27 wins, which he obviously won't get. But Also, oh, yeah. 100 strikeouts right now, too. Yeah, I think I mean, he, will, he will probably not hit 300 strikeouts, even if he stays healthy all year. Although, he could probably get, you know, 275, something like that. So, what do you think it is? Do you think he's just himself matured as a pitcher, or do you think it's a Maddox thing? Like... Um, you know, I haven't looked at his his pitches recently. I rem- you remember we we talked about it at the beginning of the year. He was throwing this this uh, that new slider, right? Yeah, place? not a slurve, like a um, oh, that's right. It was called something. a slutter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which is sort of a cutter, but it you know whether he's still using it. Let me look. Let's see. Um, so some of it has to do with that, right? Right. Uh, let's see. Is he still using it? Yeah, he's still using it about the same percentage of time. So he's throwing that about 15% of the time. So he's throwing throwing his four-seam fastball less than he did in the past. Which is great. He's throwing his changeup more. Yeah, his changeup has looked incredible. It is frozen, guys. His curve less, but still a good amount. Mm -hmm. And in, in place of the fastball and the curve, He's throwing this this cutter slash slider, this slutter. Right. Um, so that might have something to do with his dominance. But he was dominating at the end of last year, and he didn't use that pitch. So I think you hit it the first thing. I think it's maturity. It's got to be, right? I think it's somebody that understands the game better. So it's not just maturity like, oh, he's finally grown up. He's not a, a baby anymore. Like, you know, there's some of that. Uh, you know, Strasburg was the guy that if there was an error behind him, you could count on three runs because he would just – his shoulders would slump and things would fall apart if there was one error behind him. Right. That's gone away, I think. But I think the other part of the maturity thing is, like, 
he just knows what to do more. It, you know, that's why pitchers who lose velocity, these great aces can lose velocity and they're still awesome. Right. Because they know what to do more every day. And, you know, Strasburg, we think of him as this guy that they drafted young and, and he's pitched for the team. You know, he was a youngster, but he's 27 now. Yeah. This is a prime. He's got almost 150 games under his belt now. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a guy that, that knows how to pitch now. And he was a guy that maybe didn't have to ever know how to pitch for a long time. This is almost like, and I haven't thought about this in depth, so I'm kind of right, right. making this up on the fly, but tell me what you think about this. This is a guy that was barely good enough to make his college team. And then his arm, and then his arm, you know, he got like the uh, Angels in the Outfield thing or whatever that movie was, Rookie right. of the Year. Right. And suddenly he's throwing 98. Yeah. Right? That's what he threw when he came up. He threw 98, consistent. And so he didn't have to learn how to pitch because he went from, from being like a fifth starter guy that somebody just like threw on their team so he didn't have to know what he was doing to a guy that was suddenly didn't have to know how to pitch because he could just blow everybody away. Right. And then he was good, but because he didn't know how to pitch, he would get himself into trouble. There would be an error behind him. He would flip out. He didn't. He he yeah, never. There was no strategy in what he was doing. Right. He just never overpower you. Right. He just never lived up to the potential because the ninety-eight went down to ninety-seven, went down to ninety-six, mm-hmm. and now his fastball is at ninety-six instead of ninety-eight, and right. and, and he's so, better. <laughs> and he's better because. What happened was the first few years when he was throwing 96, he wasn't able to blow everybody away, so he would be able to blow most people away. Right. But there were still guys that you know you could sit you could you could sit and guess fastball, yeah. and totally. you'd do all right. But now it's like he knows what he's doing enough that it doesn't matter that he doesn't throw 96 or 98. I mean, he's just a pleasure now to watch, and he's he's fun to watch. He used to be stressful to watch. He used to get. He, I feel like as the viewer, uh-huh. you could feel his stress. Yeah, agree. And that that started to disappear. Yeah, he's stone faced. Him and Geo, I think, are more stone faced this year. Geo's different too. Yeah. yeah, he's he's not the same guy. No, he's had a, a rough. He has not been as strong as when he started. When I was in love with him, and the but, less, you know, but I, he's I, not bad. I mean, for a number, what is he? Our number four guy, or is he number? Th- is he four or three? Knows, yeah, I I I, I, I think guess Joe Ross is our three now. Yeah, I think by the time next year starts, you will definitely call Joe Ross right. the three. Um, but then then again, <laughs> Roark has been amazing. He's all been year. amazing. I mean, can you believe this guy to be a guy who what was he just our long reliever last year? Is that what he was considered? He was pretty bad last year. Um, but he was. So, I mean, you remember what he was like in 2014? He was so good, so good. And then it all went away in 2015. And so the. I think one of the great stories of this year is coming into the season, there was so much doubt that Roar could could, re- do rep- it. could replicate 2014. Because right. remember, 2015, he was terrible out of the bullpen, but he also started some games, and right. he was terrible when he started games. Right. And so there was a good... Good number of people who said, I don't think Roark, 2014 Roark was a fluke. I don't think he can do that. And man, he's just been awesome. And and sure, he's not the 
the sub two ERA guy that he was in, in for most of 2014. But he's a really good starter. He's a really good starter. Now, here's my question to you. Obviously, Giolito is eventually going to come up. Who would he? I guess he would he even replace anyone in that, or is it just going to be like a spot start here and there? I can't imagine what they would use Giolito for right. at this point, unless unless an injury, right? I unless mean, there's an injury, or there is the idea that you do like a yo. They don't do this anymore, but this is what Johan Santana did. And I mean, I know I'm old, but this wasn't that long ago that Johan Santana started out. He was a, a a starter in the minors. Right. The Twins brought him up to relieve one year, and he was basically like their setup man slash fireman. Interesting for a year, and I mean, like we kind of need that. It would be the problem is these pitchers are so sensitive now. There is some worry that oh, that it would screw him up. But and people, even at his young age, you think? I don't know. People will point to like Jabba Chamberlain and be like, "We'll see what happened to him." Oh, God, but that wasn't because the Yankees. Right. He's also in New York. That's a totally. I it's feel a like totally different place. But the other thing about him was they yanked him back and forth so many times. Ugh. Yeah, that he was a starter, then he was a reliever, then he was a starter, and then he was an amazing reliever until he got attacked by the bugs in Cleveland in that playoff game. <laughs> and so it's not like he, he was, was an amazing reliever. He was, what he really, set up was he the setup to Mariano? Yeah, he was Mariano's setup man wow. the year, and 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 they won he, the World Series that year, right? Or no? I think the year he, I, I'd have to look. Okay. Um, by the way, I'm I, I'm actually wearing my Java Chamberlain jersey right now. Well, he was amazing. I have some funny jerseys. I have my. Well, I, have uh, a, I have a Tramel Sledge. So I found on. my <laughs> I found my Jay Gibbons jersey. Which, I gotta find my face of the franchise, Brad Wilkerson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so Java, what year was he awesome? He was awesome. Seven. Wow, I'm looking at his numbers, man. He was a starter on the Yankees. He came up in 2007. Oh. Pitched out of the bullpen, 24 innings. 97, I meant 2007. So. In 2007, and had a 0.30 e, ERA in 2007. And that's the year that he got attacked by the midges in Cleveland. The next year, 42 games, 12 games started. That means he started 12 and 30 out of the bullpen. Wow. The next year, he started 32 games. Then he went back to the bullpen. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. He was never the same. Yeah. But he was in in 2008. He was good then. Right. So it was really the the being jerked back and forth, I think. So that's interesting. I would kind of be okay with that moving him. If not for injury, yes, then have I him almost, be our setup man. I kind of like it. I but mean, I would rather a trade for a well, new closer. I would love to see them do it for the baseball side of it. I almost wouldn't want them to do it for the hearing everybody talking about how you're destroying the number one oh, God. pitching prospect. Maybe there is a point to that. I don't know. Maybe you don't do that. He is the number one pitching prospect in baseball. Maybe you just let him be a starter and you don't do it. I don't know. So then I but don't it would even certainly then, be fun to watch him pitch. But if we're going into September in first place and looking like like what's the point of even having him brought up this year? Like they might not. They maybe they yeah. don't need to. I mean uh, I don't know. And that leads me to talk about our our uh, foes, the New York Mets which 
they're struggling right now. Yeah, um, they have a lot of injuries. A lot. Oh, the who's t- the guy yeah. I wanted to ask you about? That pitcher? They have a pitcher, not the Thor. Not Noah Syndergaard. No, the other guy. What's King his name? DeGrom? No, the one I didn't know about until later on. And um, I think he's awesome. Oh, um, Matt's. Matt, Stephen Matt. He is a great pitcher. <laughs> I told you about Matt's at the beginning of the I year. Know, yeah, I know. I remember you telling me about he it. Has, but don't. I didn't listen. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's is 25 years old. He has been like the the Mets' number one starting pitching prospect for literally oh. like four seasons. Well, he's awesome. And he, and always, <laughs> he always gets hurt. And this year he got hurt again, but he's back. And he wasn't out for very long. Right. Um, he lost tonight, by the way. The Nets, yeah. the okay. Mets, the Mets lost. Yeah, they're, they're playing Better. terrible. I mean, well, they do. Uh, so um, let's talk about their injuries. David Wright is, I mean, done. He might be done, done, which done, is sad. Done. Like he's yeah. been a rival and all that, but like David Wright was a fun player to watch, yeah. and it would be sad if his career ended because of a back injury. Although there's another Yankee, who's uh, who's their who's his York, replacement? Another New York corner infielder whose career ended early because of back problems too, Tom Mattingly. Right. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Wright's numbers. It's not great, but it's not bad. Right. He's, he's on got base. A, has got to be three, three something. Three fifty on base. Yeah. Um. So he's on like he's out. And he's eight. a leader. I mean, you can't take right. that away. So I mean. Wilmer Flores, I guess, is playing some. Oh, they, they, He's terrible. They just got um, they got James Loney from. He's the first baseman, isn't he? Yeah, so Loney's playing first because Duda is also out. Yeah, so which Duda is might huge. Duda Duda is probably their best hitter, hitter. other than Suspetis. Oh, Suspetis is having a great year too. Granderson, I'm happy to say, is doing exactly what I said Curtis Granderson would do at the beginning of the year. Yep. I said take the under on this guy. He's been good for two seasons. Curtis Granderson has never, ever in his career been good for three seasons in a row. And when he's really? bad, he's really bad. Yes, he's always, like, he's very up and down, year in and year out. Um, and this year he's batting basically 200, 300, 400. Um, he'll recover some. He's not that bad of a player. But he is 35. Oh, gosh. Um, Conforto has cooled off. Uh, Conforto is young and will be good, and I have no doubt he'll be a very good player for a long time. But Neil Walker, Neil Walker's awesome. He's, He's probably, having a great year. Not uh, probably the third best second baseman acquisition of the offseason mm-hmm. behind Daniel Murphy. Yes, and Zobrist. Yes, um, Estrubal Cabrera sucks. As we all knew. Yes, we do. Uh, and he can't field. He, they're a bad fielding yeah. team. I mean, they have Walker. Walker is pretty similar to Murphy. Daniel Murphy and Walker are pretty similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Walker has more power mm-hmm. and walks more. Um, so if you, like, closed your eyes and took them as, like, career, you'd be like, well, I'd rather have Walker because they're both bad fielders. Walker's going to have a better on base and a better power. But then if you open your eyes and... and Murphy's hitting 400. You're like, well, okay, maybe I'd rather have Murphy. Right. But they're they're actually pretty similar in terms of sort of level of contribution. Um, but like Cabrera, but but when you couple him with Cabrera, you have a pretty bad middle infield there. 
And then Duda's fine. He's nothing. He's not a good first baseman. And he's not playing now. And Wright can't be what he was. And is there a catcher hurt now still, too? Well, I think Ploiecki's playing. Darnode was, yeah, Darnode was out. But they, I mean. That was end of April, I think, yeah. Right, and Darnode's still out. And he was supposed to be spectacular. But Ploiecki's also, like, supposed to be really good. So I don't know how much that hurts them, although. Pulecki's not hitting yet. So could you see at some point Miami overtaking the Mets? I mean, I think Miami's playing great. Like, I guess the question is, the Mets have such good pitching. Right. There is actually a, a narrative that could write itself at the end of the year that the 2016 Mets were the 2015 Nats in that they're sort of in it the whole time and – and they just don't quite get where they need to be because of injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the difference is that the the Nats were up for most of the year. They just could never distance themselves. Right, exactly. And then when the Mets caught fire, the Nats crapped out. Right. But, like, there is something to be said. Like, the Mets are going through now what the Nats did last year. And what did we do this time last year and the next month and the next month? Just wait till everybody comes back. Right. And then everybody came back. And it took too long for them to get back into the swing of things. Like Zimmerman wasn't hitting until mid-August, and Worth wasn't hitting until late August instead of early July when they came back. That same kind of thing could happen to the Mets, and their pitching will still keep them as a good team. Um, the Marlins, especially when Thor goes out there. But no, but look at if you look at that Marlins lineup. I, I was looking at their stats the other day. They have so many. Guys hitting over 300 right now. And that guy, Kristen Yellick, is way better than I knew about. Well, they have, I like their outfield. Oh, um, they're so good. Um, and they have the best outfielder of all time on their team. He yeah, just happens to Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> no, he happens to be their hitting coach, Colm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mr. Barry Bonds? Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, their outfield is Stanton and Yelich, and Ozuna is awesome, too. Ozuna, yeah, batting over 300, another yeah. guy. No, Ozuna, um, Ozuna and Yelich and Stanton are are quietly, and Stanton actually isn't hitting at all this year. No, terrible. But they are quietly one of the best outfield trios in the league, no doubt about it. Agreed. But, like, the rest of their team just, I mean, you go through their lineup, and you're like, I think Adani Hechevarria is garbage. Martin Prado was Martin good. Prado is having a great year. Don't say anything bad about him. He's fine, but he has no power anymore. He's, no power. He's hitting over 300. He's hitting 300, 342. What about JT? JT, the real Muto, deal Muto. Having a great year. Yeah, he's having a good year. But I think they have a whole bunch. This is the thing that I've said about the Marlins in the past, the last couple of years. The Marlins have a whole bunch of, like, pretty okay players. Yeah. And if you do everything right, you can win a bunch of games with pretty okay players. But it's really hard to be great with pretty okay players. And then you look at, like, their pitching staff, and you're like, you have maybe the, maybe you the have, best pitcher now. Yeah, you have a guy that could win a Cy Young. Agreed. And then you have a bunch. And you have nothing. <laughs> Wei Yin Chen is your second best pitcher. Which, or, let's or, not take anything away from him. He gets the job done. Right, and maybe Adam Conley, but, like, Tom Kohler and... Yeah, their four and five is really suspect. And then they have a good closer. The closer is great. Are you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the but even after that, like, unlike the Nats, like, they probably have they have a better, like, eighth and ninth inning option. 
But, like, the rest of their bullpen is kind of garbage. Right. Agreed. And so, I, I don't know. So you don't think Miami can overtake the Mets? Because I don't see the Mets. I don't, I don't think Miami would overtake the Mets. I could see the Mets being so banged up that they fall behind, oh, if, you, okay. if you know what I mean. Like, I don't and think we'll Miami. create space. I get it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Miami's going to be so good that they out, that they play better than the Mets if the Mets are doing things right. Um, but if the Mets end up so banged up that they just go in a real protracted slump, right? Uh, then, yeah, they could be in some trouble. On the other side of it, I worry that the Mets have been not playing well for the last week and a half, and the Nats have gained, like, no ground no whatsoever. Ground, yeah. Well, I blame interleague play. <laughs> <laughs> I well, the, such I mean, awful... The, oh. the fact the fact is the Nats have been traveling. Yeah, that's a huge thing. This whole month of June, I was looking at the schedule today. We are like not home. <laughs> yeah, and they've been traveling further afield. And you know, when you go on these road trips, as long as you hit, as long as you're around 500 on these road trips, you're in pretty good shape. Right. But um, I think you would have to say right now, with the state of things, and, and things change week to week. But right now, with the state of things, if you went on like one of those gambling websites, I would think that the odds have flipped and that the Nats are now the favorites to win the NL East. Oh, yeah. Because they're up two games. It's Agreed. a third of the way through the season, and they're healthy. Yep. Um, that could change tomorrow. We all are holding our breaths for guys who will remain nameless because I don't want to jinx them. Yeah, I will not say anything. Yeah. Are waiting to get hurt. And so if those things happen, it's going to be hard to fill in those holes. Right. Um, the obvious thing is what we saw, what I was very pleased to see on Friday was, um, Espinosa and Turner and Murphy playing in the infield together. Espinosa, Turner, Murphy, and Rendon playing in the infield together with Murphy at first. And if somebody gets hurt, you could see that shuffling happen. Yep. If an outfielder gets hurt, you could see Murphy playing first and Zimmerman moving to left. But that's yeah. more of a stretch. Um, or we're going to make a move. Or, or Murphy moving to left. You know, there's there's some thought, and I've heard some speculation just on Twitter, and I don't think it's an off-the-wall idea, that if Espinoza this year proves that he's actually like a middle-of-the-road to decent starting shortstop, uh-huh. that next year you have Murphy as your starting left fielder. And you have you have. Where Espinoza. does Jason Worth go? It's over? I guess. I mean, he's. It'll be the last year of his contract. It wouldn't be over. He would probably be a fourth outfielder that gets 400 at bats over the course of the year. He would play a lot. Oh, gotcha. But he might not be your star. You know, I don't know. This wow, is. Wow. Yeah, that's just speculation, right? But who knows? Uh, who knows? But um, I'm still waiting for the worth recovery because Rendon has done it and Zimmerman has done it, and those were the three big question marks. So why not Murph? Why not? Why not, not worth do? Right. All right. Well, I think uh, we're caught up now. Uh, and do you have anything further to say, or should we close it out? I think, calm. I think it's time to close it out. I think like it's time I to said, close out. look for the Wilson Ramos article. Yes, um, uh, remember that's massinsports.com, and then you want to go click on the Nationals and go to the blog, and it's called the Nationals Buzz. And and they highlight you. What's great too is they highlight your name. It'll say Charlie Flegel, and then the. the uh, the, whatever the secret naming of the article is. That's right. right. Which they they usually 
makeup. I send them an article and they name it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that was a good name. And sometimes I'm like, you didn't get what I was writing about. But there's also, uh, we highly recommend you comment on these articles. There's a lot of talking going on. Comment on past articles that have been written. Uh, send, send me tweets at National's yes. Review. Send Colm tweets at Culmination. There you go. Uh, but also remember, if you the best way is to go to thenationalsreview.com, and that, again, has our gear store. It has all the posts that are on there because there are different articles then on the Masson site, so keep that in mind as well. Uh, do you also post... The, I that, do everything that I post on the Nationals uh, on the Mass Insight. I post later that day on the Nationals okay. review, so it's up. Okay, uh, so we thank you all for listening. Remember, also a huge thing is when you're going to the park and you want to know where to drink. We do have the beer map, which is the beer map, very, very useful. Uh, I'm actually I, I picked the date. I will be going August 13th with the family for Star Wars Day. Colm, I wait. Is that a Saturday? Or it is. Are you going to be there? Oh, I think I have to go visit family that weekend. Uh, we are going to... dressed up. I bet family. you are, Colm. You have to send pictures because I'm going to oh. post them on the National Review. All right, everyone. We want to thank you for listening, and we will see you at the park. See you at the park. <laughs>